this still Jet set your motherfucking Gonna come up out of that Ask your girl who she rep, she say On some suckers' houses, homie, come up out of that side shit. You call your girl crib in the background, she bumping my shit. You mad? I'm at the crib, cutting open vacuum bags, pouring some of that potent for the true smoking shit my homie had. Last time I was in Cali, told him he had to send me that. Ship it to the city so I could bend some corners with the mama. Tell her hit some of this, stick it with me. Just being around me, make her slippery. Sexy pajamas when she visit me. Her friends fall through with all of that Over-talking, baller-stalking, search for eye contact So they could double back and ask G When I got some time free, but honestly Building this empire, taking a lot of me It'll be worth it though, shit good right now You find my lighter and my grinder, it'll be perfect, ho And it's still And it's still Jet set your motherfucking as I stand here, jeet up from the feet up Paper on my mind, my chick scrolling that weed up Baby smoke it all, I ain't tripping, I just re-up She thought real niggas was dead, I made her a believer Now see us, we a different breed Come planted from a different seed Since young, bred to keep it MOB My life is like a movie, but I'm living out the scenes I'm pulling acts for the racks, I'm all about the cream By any means, I hustle and scheme to fulfill my dreams A better living, fatter pockets, prettier women Super sticky weed, I'm puffing laid up in the villa South Beach sweet, Metropole, smoking and chilling Waiting on my bitch to come through with some more killer Hit her with the D, now she in love with the villain But my mind focused on writing raps and chopping spinach Can I get a witness to this G shit that I'm spitting at? Welcome back, DNP, volume 34 Today is October 27th And, um... The Warriors are are four and We are uh, top in the West. The sec only one of two teams that are undefeated so far. Um, we're recording this right after the Thunder game, which um, had trap game all over it. We started out slow, um, but we came out with a victory. The better team won. Um, Matt, how you doing today? Doing good, dude. It's not not very often uh, you get to see your team go four and start the season. I think we did it back when we went 73 and nine. Don't know if we did it the year after, but it feels fucking good, dude, especially with all the questions surrounding this team and uh, just all the question marks and everything. It's, it feels nice to get on a, to look good and, and to get on a, on a quick start. Yeah. I mean, that's, and I think Bob Fitzgerald, our number one listener and fan, he said <laughs> they haven't done it since the 73 and nine season. And that was a 24 and zero win streak to open the season so don't expect that that was bananas <laughs> don't expect that but we do have an eight game home home stretch um mm-hmm. after this so we can come out of that you know 10 and 2 maybe um Fing- fingers crossed dude looking very nice uh, we got some pretty easy win uh, teams coming up against over the stretch so um the game itself kind of a dud game four of the season um started slow Shea Gilders Alexander, I don't see him play a lot end to end. And like mm-hmm. he is, he was the one who stood out for me. He was killing us in the beginning, his body control, yeah. the way he gets to the hoop. He's, he's such a cool player to watch, man. I don't know. I, I don't know how you feel the same about him, but he, he was a standout for me. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. He's one of my favorite young players in the league. I mean, every time he's on TV, they talk about he was like the consolation prize to Paul George. After Paul George politely asked out of OKC to go to the Clippers, they sent Shea and a bunch of draft picks over for him. And, I mean, he's awesome. You said it perfectly, the way he gets the hoop, um, body control, athleticism. Like, he, he's just a really fun guard to watch. Uh, and it was funny because towards the end of the game, he had five fouls and the Warriors were kind of hunting him. They tried to switch Wiggins on him uh, and, and kind of take him to the rim, get him in foul trouble or, you know, just expose a bad defender. And I think he had enough of it after a while and, and called for uh, <laughs> Kenrich Williams to come and switch out on him. Um, so on the defensive end, he leaves a little bit to be desired. But, yeah, man, I mean, how can you blame a guy on a young team like that carrying the entire load for the most part? Yeah, he did. I mean, looking at mm-hmm. the box score, he had 30 
the high, the second highest scoring player was Robinson Earl with 12. Um, and they, they came out guns blazing and they had 34 points in the first quarter. Um, they had, I think like eight or nine threes almost in the first half. Um, and then followed up with like a 26% from the field third quarter. And I was like, all right, reality's kind of sinking in. They're a bunch of young guys. Um, and it's only a matter of time before they pulled away. Right. Yeah. We kind of just had to wait, wait it out, weather the storm. We couldn't hit anything in the first half. Everything was a brick. A lot of turnovers in this game. Uh, really ugly. Jordan Poole didn't have a very good game. Um, he finished uh, decently as far as the box score goes with 10 points, seven assists, but uh, he only had one turnover. It seemed like he had a lot more. He went 0 for 7 from 3. Those kind of looked like turnovers at the time. So, yeah, uh, it was tough on that side, but I mean, I think the the big the big glaring um, successes of this game were Damian Lee gave us mm-hmm. a nice twenty piece off the bench, really efficient. Was um, eight for fourteen from the field, shot fifty percent, and then uh, Otto Porter Jr. had a pretty good game as well. Played seventeen minutes, four rebounds, was pretty active, hit a couple big threes, or no, excuse me, hit one big three. Yeah. Um, that came off of, uh, I think he had a block on one end, sent Poku's shit to the moon, and then on the other <laughs> side, <laughs> came back and drilled a three in the corner. So it's good to see those minutes from our rotation, guys. Yeah, I mean, it, it never ceases to amaze me when I look at the box score and just see that Damian Lillen is put Damian Lillen, Damian Lee is playing like starters minutes. Um, yeah, they trust like, him. They trust him, and like I've been the biggest person to rag on him, and he he's steady, man. He's he still looks like he's going to fall over when he's playing. He still seems like he's out of control, um, but he's reliable from the three. He's pretty strong defensively. Um, you're not going to put him on your best player, but he knows his IQ is high enough where he knows when to get in the spots um, and just yeah. do enough defensively to where he's not a, a liability. Um, and because he's Damian Lee, he's just going to get open looks. They're not going to spend a lot of time um, giving him attention. And so out of all the players that you have on the, on the, off the bench and even like in the starting lineup outside of like your main guys, he's got to be the next, the first person you want to have getting an open shot just the, the way he's been shooting as of late. So love to see that. Um, got some good Gary Payton minutes tonight. I feel like he's been really showing himself defensively the last couple of games. Um, mm-hmm. We saw it the other night in Sacramento when he finally got some more run capitalizing on that tonight. And he's just, I forget who said it. It may have been um, Zach Lowe, who's super high on him. And he was saying, it was how he's, yeah, like if he has the minutes, he's an all defensive player in the league. And from the first start of the season, the first game of the season, he's definitely shown signs of that. So we were big Avery Bradley guys, but I think we made the right choice with, uh, with GP2. I'd love to see it. Absolutely. He's been playing great in the little minutes that he's gotten. He's like a stay ready type of guy. Like his minutes are going to get yo-yoed and they're going to be variated throughout the season. But he seems to be the guy who hangs his hat on defense and he's just staying ready. Like whenever they need him, whatever situation, he's ready to go in and and give it his all. And you got to love that from your, what is he, 15th, 12th man off the bench. Um, Yeah. That's a quality you really look for. I've never seen someone get like put in the game with seven seconds and do something with the ball. Have an impact. <laughs> like <laughs> it's, you're getting it's crazy, like man. eight seconds at the end of the third quarter, and you're either gonna stop a play, you're getting a steal, or you're 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 deflecting the pass. It's and he's done it consistently. It's insane. It's yeah. And I think that's a big reason why he got put in, in the first quarter today. Like yeah, tonight. He got he got early minutes. He came in, drilled a three. Fun fact, he's shooting hundred percent from three this season. <laughs> We're only four games in. But I think he's three for three from beyond the arc. And he's definitely not known to be a shooter. So you can yeah. tell he's really been working on his game. Um, and, yeah, I'm just a huge GP2 fan. And uh, I don't think you could ask for anything more off of a 12th man off the bench. Yeah, it's strength in numbers is back. As uh, I know Bob it and is. Kalena were talking high about that tonight. And it's after two years or one year of Steph doing it all, Um we can find some comfort in knowing that Steph can have kind of a quiet night, put up 20 and we might get a lean score from someone else. We're going to get some production off the bench bench, which did we ever have a 20 point score off the bench last year? Assuming like, I guess you could say Jordan pool for a couple couple games, but um, yeah. night and day, not it after. feels great to be, feels great to be leading the West. Um, 
Any other standouts over the weekend? I know we had the Clippers game, which Steph went off wearing those beautiful blue jerseys. Um, those were gorgeous, man. And oh the court, God. too. The court to match, the the Philly Wilt jerseys. They replaced yeah. the the Fila the with uh, Warriors. They're not out yet, but when those drop, definitely getting one. Don't know who I'm going to buy, but I'm for sure getting one of those jerseys. Those things are sexy. I'm and hoping they bring them out. How- Otto Porter is, is Wilt Chamberlain's son. They look <laughs> in those jerseys, man. They look fucking identical. Yeah, they do. He's Wilt's uh, illegitimate love child, which yeah, I don't know Otto Porter's family situation, but it very well could be true with uh, as many women as Wilt claimed to have slept with in different regions of uh, the United States. And we'll do some. We got some Wilt talk scheduled for the yeah. for the latter part of this episode, but we it didn't. wouldn't surprise me either. Respectfully. Yeah. To, to of course, his family. Yes. Um, but yeah, any anything stood out over the last couple games that's worth mentioning? Um, as far as this team, I mean, we we beat the 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 Kings was a good was a good win to get under our belt. Looked like Harrison Barnes test. was back for some revenge, um, but the, the fellas stepped up and and played well on the road. Yeah, only an hour two hours away, but. Road win is a road win. Yeah. Um, other shit going on in the league. Chicago Bulls, 4-0. Actually good. They are very good. Um, yep. New York Knicks, who we previewed and predicted as being a little bit of a fluke season, 3-1. and one. Actually good. good. New York's going bananas. Yep. And uh, your league pass team. Charlotte Hornets. Ooh, yep. 8-3-0. I may or may not be in attendance next weekend at that game, but Very as someone who's drafted LaMelo in his fantasy league, um, picked him as a league pass team, Charlotte Hornets are looking very good with, with Miles Bridges pretty much being there. Their main I mean, uh, score. Can, can we talk about how Miles Bridges just won Eastern Conference Player of the Week? Insane. In fucking incredible. <laughs> He's got Giannis Antetokounmpo, Kevin Durant, James Harden, uh, Zach Levine. He's got all these guys in, in his conference, and he outplayed everybody. And I can't believe that we didn't mention him once in our MIP uh, outlook for this year. I know I didn't. But even to, to make a note, it's like I have Kevin like – I've already said this. I have Kevin Durant in my fantasy league. His open to the season, he's had 32-29-38-25. His second game of the season, 29 points, 15 rebounds, 12 assists. So Durant is no fucking slack job right now. He is having a hell of yeah. a start to the season. The problem is they're not winning a ton of games. Yeah, they're two and two. Great. But um, yeah, Miles Bridges, high front runner for um, most improved player. Tyler Hero's up there too. He's been going off the last couple of games um, to open up the season. So. He really has down to those two as like the the leaders for it throughout the year. I don't know who else has been really taking a step um, outside of those two guys, but yeah. But with Tyler coming off the bench, I think he's probably the front runner for six man of the year too. I mean, I know we're only four games in, but I would imagine he probably, so yeah, that's what we do. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I would imagine he'd get the nod for that over MIP, but yeah, both of those guys playing incredible. Also one thing I wanted to ask you, have you watched any of the Cleveland Cavaliers this year? I've only seen Laurie Markkinen posterize Jokic the other night. Good dunk. Um, but I'm, see, I'm looking I'm on the uh, standings of two and two, just uh, tied for the eighth spot in the East. Um, yeah. And I'm hearing some rumblings. I feel like you got something Man. to say. Are they, 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 they looking good? They're looking very good. I, I re-upped my league pass this year, one of my, one of my favorite things to do, uh, and was watching some Cleveland last night. Holy shit, dude. Like, I knew that they had an intriguing roster with how many, like, really good young players they had, but had no idea that they would be that good to beat the Nuggets um, in Denver. And, I yeah. mean, they just – they looked good and in sync. Like, as far as Jared Allen on the court, stud, taking the next step. He's living up to that contract. Um, Evan Mobley is so fun to watch, the new rookie. I was going to say, he's looking like the truth, huh? Yeah, he's really, really good. Just – not as far as like strictly scoring too. He can pass the ball. He's really good on defense. He's crafty the way he's able to kind of make shots around the rim as well as block shots around the rim. Um, and then you got the two, they got sex line, the two young guards. 
Um, it's a little funky with seven foot Lowry playing the other wing, but it, it's a fun team to watch. And Kevin Love randomly dropped 22 the other night. So I guess he wants to play again. Dude, just looking at their stats this season, Evan Mobley's averaging 14, 8, and two blocks, which is it's got to be top 10 in the league. Um, Jared yeah. Allen is averaging 17 points a game, which is <laughs> insane. Yeah, he's not known for that. He's a defender. And then on top of that, they have seven players that are averaging over 10 points a game. That's fun. And I'm assuming, I don't know, I don't have it in front of me. I'm assuming Isaac Okoro is not one of those players. And I mean, he's, he's and he's playing really well too, coming off of uh, last year's campaign. Like he, he looked really good last night. And he's another one of those guys that, I mean, I don't want to overspeak here, but kind of seems like he's taking almost like the Iguodala mold as far as, you know, really, really, really good defender and, and does all the little things correctly. Yeah, you look at his stat line, he's like third on the team in minutes, but he's only averaging like seven points, seven points a game, which means if he's playing that much, he's just, like you said, Iguodala style. Just yeah. glue guy, just being everywhere he needs to be, locking up defensively. We, he had that going into his career of like being a good defender and just being super athletic. Um, yeah, that was his MO. Yeah, but good for him, man. I, I Say what you want about the owners of the Cavaliers. I do like the players they have on this team. They seem to be like a little fun, scrappy bunch with not a thing to lose. So Exactly. <laughs> that, that, that's probably the biggest reason there's so much fun to watch. Like these guys yeah. are just going out there and hooping. Um, yeah. Definitely like one of the better NBA 2K teams, I would say as well. Like mm-hmm. – this would just be a great team to start a franchise with and either watch them grow or just sell off the young guys and build a contender. Either way, right. we got a fun team to play with here. Um, the next thing I want to talk about, we talked about baby boys. I got to go shout out to my baby boy of the year already, um, Chris Duarte out of the, uh, for the Indiana Pacers. Incredible. 25-year-old rookie he is, I want to say. Something like that. Something like that. But he's come out of the gates um, with just an insane start to the season for the 14th overall pick in the draft, averaging 19 points a game. He started his season um, with like a 29-point outing. Um, And you just love to see it from an Oregon grad, Chris Pulpul Duarte. Pacers stink, but, hey, they got a bright spot in Duarte. I think he's a – I just hate that we lost, we didn't get a chance to draft him. It it just bothers me so much. <laughs> I guess the annoying part about that is, especially with the way he's producing now, it seems like he's the perfect bridge to Clay coming back. Not that we don't love what Poole's doing and we don't love Poole for the future, but just immediately plugging in Duarte to that two-guard spot and watching him cook until Clay comes back would have been an absolute dream. But, yeah, you know can't get everything you want he's out in indy now and and he's balling i'm happy for him yeah and i was talking about this earlier with, with a friend and i was just like i don't think obviously the the situation plays such a big role in it and i don't think a duarte would be getting 38 minutes a game for the warriors <laughs> nor would he be getting the amount of shots and looks he's getting and then knowing Kerr, he's probably gonna have to like quote unquote earn his rotation over uh <laughs> over Damian Lee over everybody else. So sure. We could be sitting here thinking we should have got someone else, but I'm just happy to see it, you know, another baby boy from Oregon just taking the league by storm. You don't see that often with with Oregon Hoopers. Mm-hmm. Um so what better way than have the Dominican Breeze and, and Chris Duarte. So how how dare you disrespect your boy Peyton Pritchard though by saying that? Peyton's not the coming, man. He's 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 still solid. I like I like he Peyton. is. He's having a good They're year. all my baby boys. They're all uh yeah. They all you love them all uh, individually in their own way. Exactly. Exactly. Um but yeah, I mean we we got some fun games coming up for the dubs. Um it's been a week and the season's already like full of drama, as you can imagine. We got the Lakers yes. fighting each other. Um Kyrie's got uh, conservative right wingers 
storming the gates at Barclays <laughs> for him to play. Um, Ridiculous. Fuck, man. What else has happened? I, <laughs> I can't even keep up with the drama in this fucking in this league, but yeah, it's been a lot of shit going on. The Dwight Howard, uh, Anthony Davis thing got me going a little bit last the other night when I was watching it. And I guess, did you, and I never really got to the bottom of what happened. Did you, I was trying to search through and, and see what, what the issue was to tell people, I guess that don't know. Uh, they were both on the bench at one point during a timeout and uh, kind of got in each other's face. Anthony Davis put his hands on Dwight a little bit and then they got broken up. They were getting their ass beat by the Suns, so their tempers were already high. They're a bunch of old heads that have done it all and seen it all already. Um, so I do – I'm not surprised at how when shit gets tough, everybody's going to try to be the main guy in the room, and it's going to cause some tension between some of the older guys like Dwight, who's just a pain in the ass, just seems like such a pain in the ass. Mm-hmm. Um, and someone who, in the league's standpoint, isn't too too young, but on that team – he's still a baby and then Anthony Davis. And he's like, no, dude, this is my team still like <laughs> on, on that team. He's a fucking infant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, and then you got LeBron chirping at campaign, telling him to be humble. just going to bring that up. <laughs> so Which what, is the what worst your, shit talk, dude. It really is. So, so as you said, the Lakers were getting the brakes beat off him by the Suns the other night. I don't know if campaign said anything directly to LeBron, but LeBron was on the bench and there was a clear angle from a camera of LeBron talking to campaign. Uh, and just to summarize it, basically, he said, hey, stay humble. 18 months ago, you were at home. Don't be talking that shit now. Stay humble. And campaign looked like he was John back and forth. And that was that. Um, but just how sad and ridiculous is that for LeBron to let campaign get under his skin in the what third game him. of the season? Rattled him. Just completely he was shaking rattled. in his boots, man. He's got real estate in LeBron's brain. <laughs> it's ridiculous. How can you let campaign get to him like that? I'm My goat could I never. Love... Jordan could never. No. I love how the Suns are just trying so hard to just make a rivalry with the Lakers, and they're continuing to beat the shit out of them. And yeah. just laughing at how like fraudulent they actually are. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Lakers can't do shit about it. And, and campaign... <laughs> I fucking love the campaign campaign. He's just continuing to just talk his shit. It's been a long time come for him. He deserves every moment that he gets. And to be like, be humble. Like, no, like fuck you step on his throat, dance on his grave. Are you kidding me? He only has so many moments to do this shit. Like he's, he's been known as the biggest scrub in the league for a while. And he's finally getting a moment where he's playing well. And he's like doing this shit for himself. And he's he's got LeBron all pissed off, hot and bothered telling him to be humble and be like, you were out of the league. Like, no, keep talking that shit campaign. Yeah. Campaign was, was channeling his inner uh, yearbook meme. <laughs> you know, the one that was floating around Twitter where this kid's yeah. uh, senior quote was, it's not enough that I should succeed. Others should fail. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was the type of time that campaign was on the other night against the Lakers and LeBron was not having it. I think he saw him and then he saw the, the yearbook meme in his head and it got him all fucked up. So it's understandable. It's just, it's, it's like, and of course he gets blown up. Like, Oh, LeBron's taking it to him. or talking his shit. Like it's, it's not shit talk. It's just like, you're getting mad because they're, they're making fun of you and beating your ass. Like, right. It's just LeBron, and LeBron, <laughs> LeBron is also in the, uh, trending around today for another reason. He was, uh, I guess he, I don't know why his opinion matters or who asked him, but I guess he had made a comment about he didn't like the ending of Squid Game, the television show. And so the uh, the creator of Squid Game came out and <laughs> gave a little statement about it. Did you uh, see that? Uh, I did not. Well, let I, me read, let me read I don't even know how that gets brought up. Uh, I don't know either, but uh, this was the quote. Because, yeah, LeBron criticized the show's finale, which – Maybe we'll get into that in a little bit. Say what you want. I thought Squid Game was fucking incredible. Who is LeBron to say any different? Um, but the creator, I'm going to butcher his name. I believe it's Huang Dong Hook. Um, <laughs> he said, that's my ending. If he has his own ending, that would, that would satisfy him. Maybe he could make his own sequel. I'll check it out and maybe send him a message saying, I liked your whole show except the ending. So 
LeBron's getting fucking dunked on by champagne, <laughs> and he's also getting lit up by the creator of Squid Game all in the same week. So LeBron's not having a very good week, which uh, which makes us pretty happy. Perfect time to go out with an ankle injury. Um, yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> what did LeBron say? He's like he, he probably didn't like the red hair and everything. Or I, I, you know what? I don't. LeBron let me said. let me see real quick. Um, I don't know what the comment he made was, but uh, let's see. Gotta find I just it. love that the creator chirped back at him. <laughs> of course. <laughs> When LeBron sees a Squid Game creator, it's him talking to campaign. Hey, be humble. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. Here we go. So I'm just going to read out this little. LeBron James is one of the most famous people in the world, but like everyone else, he's a critic. The Lakers forward shared his disappointment in the hit Netflix show Squid Game's ending earlier this month. The show ended with the main character electing not to return to his daughter after winning a deadly survival contest. By the way, if you're still listening to this, spoilers. Might want to fast forward. Um, oh shit, I just got to add over it. Oh, here we go. <laughs> uh, let's see. The show ended with the main character electing to not return to his daughter after winning a deadly survival contest. And James, the family man that he is, father of three, was not a fan of the decision. James bumped into Lakers forward Anthony Davis during a press conference and started discussing the show's ending. Or Orange County Register's NBA reporter Kyle Goon, fire name alert, uh, caught the interaction on video. Yeah, I did finish it, LeBron said. You finish it? You watched it? You done? Yeah, I didn't like the ending, though. I know they started off with the season two, but, like, get, the f- get on the fucking flight and go see your daughter, bro. Like, what are you doing? End quote. So... It all makes sense. It's all coming full circle. Family man, Mr. LeBron James, father of three, uh, didn't like the main character's choice to not go see his daughter at the end of Squid Game. I'll just say this. There's Thoughts. one thing I know about for the two. I've only seen two movies that are that have come out of Korea. It's um, Squid Game, or that's a show. And then I'm a blank on the other one, the one that uh, won the Grammy. Or th- Oh, uh, the Oscar. The, uh, the Oscar. <laughs> uh, Parasite. Parasite. Those don't have happy endings. And so take that fucking Disney Space Jam shit. Yes. Back to Hollywood because. Shove it up your ass. <laughs> All opinions. <laughs> We're not here for these sappy ass endings where he's going to go find his daughter. No. No. Man's is putting his hair red. He's turning around and he's going back with a vengeance. And I cannot wait. My for boy Jihun just <laughs> dyed his hair Ferrari red. <laughs> and said, nah, I'll go to America another day. It's it's yeah. time to get back in the game. I am going to be fucking some shit up. <laughs> but Incredible show. Yeah. Uh, LeBron doesn't know what he's talking about. Shout out my boy, Jihun. You don't have a show that's built around like murdering people in a game show to have it end with like, I'm going to go find my, <laughs> go back to my. Yeah. There was, it doesn't what, work no, like that. No less than 247 murders in that show. Yeah, you're not. You're not. Well, no, actually, how many? What, what was uh? What was Jihan's? Three hundred sixty-seven. He was. He was four hundred and fifty-six. Even so, four hundred and fifty-five <laughs> people died in that show, give or take. Probably a couple more. We're not counting the the minions or the cop, the rogue cop, or his mother. You know, it's, or it's his mother. Of, yeah, a lot of death. And LeBron wants a uh, a sappy, feel-good ending so he could watch it with his family. Sorry, LeBron. No. Not up in here. Like, like the like the director said, you make your own movie. I'll tell you, I enjoy it, and I hate your ending. Yep. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for the tangent. No, I love it. Um, so this was a request from listeners. Um, I've mentioned it already twice now on this episode that I'm playing fantasy basketball. Big. Fantasy I don't know how guy. many of our listeners play fantasy basketball, but I thought it'd be a little fun to do a little segment built around hot players players to watch um i don't know what your league settings are like so i'm just gonna go off players that i think are worth picking up um the first one if he's there chris duarte get them get him um we've already talked about how great he's been if you're in a league that has a lot of people who don't know a ton about basketball which is usually pretty common with fantasy leagues um it's a good chance you could find him on the waivers so chris duarte is by far the first person to pick up um, it's like buying into Google in 99. <laughs> do, it, do it now. 
Like for me, I'm big on stats that are bucketed in areas that if you win because they're so hard to get, you can automatically get a point. So for me, that's blocks. So on mm. my team, I got Mo Bamba, I got Daniel Gafford, and I got the big tune, Jonas Valanciunas. Gafford and Bamba, those have to be available on someone's waiver. I don't know if people know a ton about either of those guys. Um, yeah. But I got to imagine coming around, he's throwing shit. Um, he's getting a lot more minutes now, mm-hmm. uh, especially now that Vooch is gone. I'm imagining, I don't know, I, I, I would think that Miles Turner is probably already picked up in most leagues, but. I mean, yeah. last year he, I think, was his career high in blocks, which was uh, was like three point four blocks a game. Yeah. So if he's around there and you can snag him, he'd be a good one to get as well. Yeah, I, I don't even know if that's the best strategy for fantasy. I'm just like, if I can get players that get a shit ton of steals and a shit ton of blocks, those are two points that I'll win. Like, well, yeah, you got to win <laughs> categories, right? Yeah, the one who wins um, the most categories wins. So yeah, for me, it's it's Duarte is the number one. Um, if you're looking at big men, if you can get them, Mo Bamba, if you can get them, Daniel Gafford, and if you can make a trade and you're big on blocks, circle Miles Turner. Um, yep. he also had 39 points the other night, so he also gets some buckets too. So that was fantasy corner. Um, <laughs> that's all I got. Uh, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of, uh, other players that might be under the radar i know who's playing really well right now i don't know fantasy wise how it shakes out as far as like his shooting percentages and splits and stuff but uh terrence Mann from the clippers especially with Kawhi out he's getting a lot of minutes he's kind of one of those utility guys that he's like a six five guard but he does a little bit of everything i think he's getting about six boards a game so if you're in a deep league or something or, or looking for somebody who can fill up a little bit of everything i would try and snag uh Terrence Mann. Yeah, he's one that's like he's gonna shoot the ball pretty well at a high percentage. Um, and he's he can go off for close to 20 points. Um definitely a buy low kind of guy. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's a good that's a good dude to pick up if you're really scrapping for someone. Um, last one I'll mention is Will Barton. Um, he's mm. one that kind of goes under the radar. Really good defensively, just the way Denver plays. Um, he has the ball in his hands a lot. Um, he's good to get close to 20 points on a given night. A um, couple steals just because he's so good defensively. And he comes off the bench. I can't imagine he's owned by a lot of teams. Um, just because, like, if you just look at the Nuggets on paper, you're not going to circle Will Barton and think, like, he's going to, you know, lead the team in scoring or anything like that. So, Right. And I know he's probably snatched up in every league, but – Man, if you can find a way to get your hands on Jalen Green, he's going to start cooking. He already uh, – you got him in yours? Mm-hmm. He he already went off for, I think, 30 the other night, and he's not Greece. letting up. No. Yeah, he's going to continue to just dagger teams on the offensive end. So, if you can find a way to snag him, Jalen Green is going to – he's going up. Only knock on him, though, he is a streaky, streaky yes. guy. He's a black uh, hole. Yeah, he's either putting up 30 points or 10 points. He's either shooting 60% from the field or 20% in the field. <laughs> so you got to live with the goods. You got to live with the goods and the bads. But that motherfucker can fly, dude. It is. I don't know if oh he's saw some highlights against the Celtics. Yes. It's I like mean, you got to put some dumbbells in his pocket or something to have something weigh him down. He just I know. Can, keeps going up. Filipino, crazy. Pr- Filipino pride, man. Yep, he's half, right? Yeah, he is. Shout out to him, man. Um, but yeah, if there are listeners that care about fantasy basketball, let us know. We'll try to come more prepared with some more stuff. But I figured it's fun talking about it um, yeah. because, you know, I'm playing it for the first time and I'm actually enjoying it. So I'm going to tell you all about it. There you go. Keep us updated. And it's just a nice way for us to talk about other players and teams in the league, too. So. I think it's worth noting the team name of mine that I uh, humbly took from you, mm. Bob Syrup. So it's a good name. Changed my name to Bob Syrup. Won my first week, and here we go. <laughs> I love it. My uh, my my Reddit name, my Reddit alias. I'm glad you're doing doing it proud. Doing numbers. Um, the last thing, this one might take a little bit, but it's worth talking about. A little bit late since it's been released, but last week the. Um, 
NBA 75th anniversary te- anniversary team was announced. Essentially, if anybody remembers, um, what 15 years ago they did a no 25 years ago, 25 sorry. 50th sorry. anniversary. Um, they did a 50th anniversary where if anybody of our age, um, give or take five years, has ever seen the top 50 players, they know how like honorable that list is. Players like, you know, Jordan, your Magics, your Birds. So with this year being the 75th anniversary of the NBA, they reopened that list and announced a new set of the top 75. A lot of discussion prior to the announcement where pretty much anybody that had a Twitter account and a focus on basketball outside of us really um, gave their own take on a top 75. Um, They teased it out over three days last week and they announced the list. Um, So a couple things to note about the list going into it. Um, They they kept all 50 members of the 50 team. So that means there was only 15 spots for new players. I thought that was kind of Bush league because in a 25 year span to only chomp it down to 15 new players um, for how big of a list this is. I feel like that's just like doing a discredit to 25 years of some of the best basketball we've seen. Um, I think with that list as well, like you have to account for the changing of the game. And it's like, do you want to base it off skill set, greatness, what they did for the game? all these different, like, I guess, like subjective pieces that go into it. Um, Mm -hmm. Obviously you're going to get people who are left off. We'll talk about in a second. Um, But yeah, I'm not going to go through the whole list. I thought the funniest thing about about it was they listed 76 players. Um, There's a tie (laughs) for votes on two players. So rather than making a call, they had a 76. So it's a 75th anniversary 75 top 75 with an asterisk aka 76 players yeah um your first glance at it what are your thoughts well so let's backpedal just a little bit so like you mentioned they kept the uh 25 years ago when they did the 50th anniversary team all those players got grandfathered in so none of those they didn't go back to the drawing board and move pieces around and take guys out sounds like you're against uh that of them leaving the 50 and only having 25 players to play from. Is that kind of the side you're on? Yeah. I, I okay. think – I don't think, like, it should have been a grandfathered in. I just think there's too much time in between the last two to only select 15 players. Um, See, I, I agree that there has been a lot of time left, but my only gripe is – if we were to kind of go that route, then there would really be no history left on this team because no matter which way you slice it, damn near all the players that are playing now are better than the players that were playing before. Obviously, there's those special ones that you can name that are going to be goats, right? They're going to be greatest right. of all time forever. They're going to stand the test of time. But you can't sit here and tell me like fucking Paul Arisen – Dave Bing, Billy Cunning, like all these guys, of course, Clay Thompson and Tracy McGrady and Vince Carter and countless other players are more skilled, better than them, um, may or may not have accomplished more. But I mean, I think you definitely have to have some sort of sense of history when it comes to this kind of stuff and honor those that came before, because these are the guys that are working two, three jobs and still going out there and hooping. And without that, we never would have really made it to what it is today. So I am kind of on the side of I think they made the right decision, grandfathering those guys in and not kicking, uh, I don't know, George Mikan off the list. Yeah, exactly. There, We could pick probably, I don't know, 10 to 15 guys from this 19, uh, the 50th anniversary list that played in the 40s, 50s, and 60s. And if you look at their stats compared to these other guys, obviously – these guys outplayed them, but um, at the same token, those guys were probably not probably, they were the best when they played. So it's kind of all relative in that sense. Yeah. And that, that you make a good point. I do think like 
you know, you jump another 25 years and you have a top 100. And like, if you are resetting the whole list, the previous year is just irrelevant. And I think exactly by making it like that, it, it takes away from the value of that top 50 list. Um, so I get that there. I don't know. I just felt like it was, I think you could have gone about it to where you reassess the players, keeping in mind that there should be a good amount of it from either that list or from, you know, the times beforehand. Um, that makes sense. All but, I know is if I was yeah. Dolph Shay's family, I'd be fucking hot with him dead <laughs> in the ground. <laughs> and he gets taken off the list and Clay Thompson's dancing on his grave. I don't know. Right. And so <laughs> you know for I mean? me, like, we can just go into, like, the 15 that were added, and I'll just name some of the names that, like, come sure. to mind. I'll leave out the obvious ones, like your Kobe's, your Steph's, your Durant's, your LeBron's, et cetera. But, like, Anthony Davis was added. Damian Lillard was added. Um, Reggie Miller mm-hmm. was added. Steve Nash was added. Um, Chris Paul, Paul Pierce, um, Dwayne Wade, um Reggie see. Miller. Reggie Miller, who I mentioned. Russell Westbrook. Thomas, Ray Allen, Russ Westbrook, Mello. Dennis Rodman. Dennis Rodman. Kawhi Leonard. Gary, Gary Payton. Jason Kidd. AI. Okay. James Harden. KG. All right. So the ones that really stood out for me, I don't think Damian Lillard should have been on it. I don't think Anthony Davis should have been on it. Um I can argue. I, I'm okay to argue Steve Nash not being on it. And those are the three Ooh. that stood out for me. Yeah. Wow. The Nash man. So like you. I would replace Kyrie with Dame. Okay. Um, I agree with that. I don't like the, the Dwight Howard, Anthony Davis was a second like debate. I don't think Dwight Howard should be there. Um I guess he I should that, be there, but I think that might be the hottest debate, dude. As as much as I want to talk shit about Dwight and say that he doesn't deserve it, if you go back and look at the career that Dwight had, just from 04 until 2000, and when did he leave the, uh, the, the Magic? Like 2012. Yeah. If you even let's say just a 10 10 year career from 04 to 2014, he made eight All Stars, five All NBA first teams two All-NBA third teams, three times defensive player of the year, defensive all se- like second team, three or four times defensive first team. Like, I, I don't know. I, I think he Could've does deserve MVP to be on it. that year too. Should have probably should have won, won an MVP. The year D Rose won it. And um, regardless of when he got it, he's an NBA champ. And this almost goes back to the same argument um, for grandfathering in the players. Yeah. He, He's kind of not trash right now, but he's a lowly role player. It doesn't take away from the history that he put in and the beginning yeah. of his career when he dominated. He was clearly right. top three big man in the league from 2004 to 2013. Right. So when you have like, that big and long of a stretch playing that well, I think you more than deserve to be on it. So I definitely think Dwight got snubbed. I think Dwight got snubbed. I think Kyrie got snubbed mainly just because of – what he did in that 2017 or 2016 finals. I think having that ring, um, that shot, like you can't tell like the, the mixtape guys that I was talking about the hall of fame, like, can you still tell the story of basketball with these people in it without these people in it? Like you have to mention Kyrie's shot. You have to mention that team. And while Damian Lillard has had plenty of shots that are historic, his ability to score his three point, percentage everything like that is is up there and at the end of his career when it's all said and done it can very well be up there he just doesn't have a ring yet i think there's so much more to that um to where i think if you're just looking at it like that like Kyrie should go over dame and then clay for the same thing three championships um the 37 point quarter um all who do you put leader. clay in over See, that's, why that's the one thing two mvps two league mvps that's i mean granted he probably didn't deserve maybe both but definitely not one of nah, them you still got him though you got to give him those he did um yeah. and i don't know I, I feel like you can't tell the story of that generation of basketball without steve nash yeah no i know i just got a soft spot for clay and i don't i know. think I clay is a shoe in else 
for the hundred anniversary team. Yeah, the hundred. Damn, twenty five years from now, I don't know. <laughs> I hope I'm still kicking. We'll see your but... boy Chet Holm get on this list in twenty five years. <laughs> your boy Poku. Oh, um, but I do agree that Dame should be left off. Kyrie should have made it over him. I think Dwight should have made it over AD. And then I see a lot of people saying they think that Clay should have made it over Reggie Miller, which I disagree with. I disagree with that too. I was just going to bring up Reggie. I was like, he was the one who people like get him off the list. You can't take Reggie off. You can't. He's too important to the history, his shooting records. I know Steph uh, made him look pretty easy, but before him, they stood for how long? 20 years? Yeah. I mean, Ray's got the lead. He Ray's the one who's leading it, right? So Steph passed. Right. So Reggie would be in third, and you give Clay his two years back, he'd probably pass him too. So I'll have to say, I still think Reggie should be over there on that list. Um, I agree. Did you see? Uh, game. Did you see when they told him live on air that he made the team? Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> He's so goofy. I I love when they caught those uh, instant reactions. Those were sweet. Yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah, man, you saw it on Clay's face last night or the other week. He just he was down, man. He was down bad for not making it. Um, yeah. and I feel for him. He's definitely got the pedigree. He's got everything you really need to be on one of these teams. Um, but like, I mean, we've he's a two way player. Yeah, we mentioned three players on this list that could be replaced. I can't really identify anything outside of that. People might argue Westbrook, but you can't take him off just given his triple-double statures or stats. Yeah, he's got an MVP um, as well. Um, yeah, it's, it's James Harden deserves it. Yeah, it's tough, I, man. I think overall they did a pretty decent job compiling the list, but yeah, they're just those those few names of kind of like the new school generation that I think they probably could have been switched out for some other folks. Yeah, and then a couple of things to note when thinking about who voted. It's a good combination of current players, coaches, former players, both NBA and WNBA, and a lot of writers. So some names to note. Steph Curry was a voter. Um, Cynthia Cooper, Sue Bird, Bob Costas. Um, Rachel Nichols. I don't know how she got on that list, but uh, Stephen A. Smith, Cheryl Swoops. So that's kind of the names you know. Rick Welts, former president of the Dubs. Ooh. Um, yeah, former just names in basketball, pretty good panel, I'd say. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you always, I, I love these sort of things. Um, good to see some dubs on there. Good to see some good international or six international players on that. Um, and Dirk made the squad. Dirk, um, Giannis. Have you ever seen the photo of the original 50th anniversary team when they're all like standing in front of the logo? And they all have like jackets. Yes, the custom yeah. leathers. <laughs> Just incredible photo. Yeah. Couldn't uh I hope they recreate it somehow because those leather jackets they gave them were big fire back then. Yeah, I wonder if they'll do something at like the all-star game. They have to do like a a, yeah. a group of them together. I would um, hope so. Maybe they'll collab with Mitchell and Ness to make some sweet threads or something. So fire. Yeah. Um there's two players on this list that I want to segue into our final segment of tonight. Ooh. Um, NBA's all-time lean scorer, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and Wilt Chamberlain. Um, two of the greatest centers. Um, don't need to go through their history and how important they were to the game. Um, but with this list being announced last week, a hilarious clip from i don't even know what that was from like what Look, documentary yeah it looked like some program. sort of program it was some I saw documentary it on, saw it on twitter and, and had to share so I, and, I threw it out on the uh the dmp instagram <laughs> and it's a clip of kareem abdul jabbar telling a story about wilt chamberlain and we'll play the clip i got on an elevator with wilt and as the elevator is going down some guy gets on and says oh wow how's the weather up there he said that to will Wilt spat on the dude and said, it's raining. Him saying that Wilt Chamberlain looked at a man and spat on his head and said that it's raining outside. <laughs> um, 
have you thinking a little bit like mm-hmm. what a why would kareem tell this story and b they they obviously cross paths in their careers and do some dig- some digging into their relationship and i found a hilarious article about the beef between kareem and will chamberlain first of all did you know much of this and if so to what extent uh i did not i knew that they were uh, I knew that they were like pals early on. I think Wilt like very much took Kareem under his wing when he was still like Lou Alcindor. Uh, I think he met him when they were like, when he was like a late teen. Um, and I don't know if they like hung out a lot or he just kind of like guided him for a while, but I knew that they were pretty close pals for, for a good minute. So this article on sportscasting is just talking about Wilt Chamberlain and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar were great friends. Obviously, Wilt was the greatest athlete at the time, um, while Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was still coming up at UCLA as Lou Alcindor and getting his way into the league. Um, what we realized is once, or once, what I realized was like once Wilt and Kareem, or once Kareem or Wilt retired, he was very critical about um, Kareem's, you know, his play, kind of like how Shaq was at towards. Um, Dwight right. Howard, just calling yeah. him like, there's only one Superman, this and that. <laughs> um, but as Kareem's career progressed, obviously he won more championships, broke his scoring records outside of the 100-point game and stuff. And he wrote a open letter about how Wilt could be so much more in the NBA than he was. And I'm just going to read this word Please. for us because it is hilarious. <laughs> um, Story so time. Can... What's that? Story time with Al. Story time. So I'll just read it and then we'll go from there. But in quotes, in professional basketball, Bill Russell and the Boston Celtics gave you a yearly lesson in real competitive competence and teamwork. All you could say was that your teammates stunk and that you had done all you could. And besides, the refs never gave you a break. Poor Will. In 1967, your team finally broke through. That 76er team established records that are still standing today. But the following year, the Sixers lost, and predictable as ever, you quit. You came out to L.A., and you got with the dream team. The only lack that team had was leadership at the center position. Bill and the Celts took one from you in 69, and the Knicks followed suit in 70. People are still trying to figure out where you disappeared to in that series. True to form, after the Knicks beat the Lakers in the World Championship in 73, you quit and haven't been seen on the court since. Of course, you came out every so often to take a cheap shot at me. During the sixth game of the World Championship Series in 1988, you stated Kareem should have retired five years ago. And I can now see why you said that. If I had quit at the time you suggested, it would have been right after disappointing after a disappointing loss to the 76ers. And it would have been typical, it would have been typical of one of your retreats. But after that loss, I decided I had to give I had more to give. I believed in myself, and then the Lakers stuck with it. We went on to win three out of four world championships between 85 and 88. The two teams you played on that one world championships of 67 and 72 never repeated. They never showed the consistency that the Lakers of the 80s have shown, and you didn't want me to be a part of that. Given your jealousy, I can understand that. So now that I have left, one thing would be part of my, my legacy. People will remember that I worked with my teammates and helped us win. You'll be remembered as a whiny crybaby and a quitter, stats and all. <laughs> and <laughs> he calls him <laughs> Wilt Chumperlane. <laughs> oh! <laughs> His open letter to Wilt Chumperlane. Oh, um, I didn't know they had some beef, to be honest. He did that in 1980 in a uh, <laughs> dedicated an entire portion of his book. 1980? 1990, sorry. 1990. Giant Steps. Man. Yeah, I have not read the autobiography. I wasn't aware of the uh, of the beef either, but man, he was frying his ass up, dude. He, ba- <laughs> he basically called Wilt fucking Tin Man. Said, you got no heart. You're a quitter. <laughs> you stink. <laughs> you blamed everybody for your losses. <laughs> You didn't yeah. even re- you didn't even repeat those championships. That yeah, that was just ball. mean. He he basically put him through like a uh, like a psychiatric evaluation. 
on paper in his book, telling him everything that was wrong with him and everything that he needs to change. Uh, it kind of makes sense given that uh, <laughs> that clip of him talking about him in an elevator. It's like, Wilt definitely feels some, or Kareem definitely feels some sort of way. Yeah. Um, and rightfully so. You never want to be roasted by the people you look up to throughout your whole career and not getting that respect. Um, and so, like, Kareem's just a great fucking man. He's not taking shit from people like Will. Even in his death, he's still letting people know he ain't shit. <laughs> I fucking love Kareem, dude. He's 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 the GOAT. He's awesome. He really is. It just shows you here. Yeah, I was looking up uh, Wilt's Wikipedia, and uh, there's a section in here. It says, in the summer of 1964, Chamberlain, one of the prominent participants at the famed Rucker Park basketball court in New York City, made the acquaintance of a tall, talented 17-year-old who played there. Soon, the young Lou Alcindor was allowed into his inner circle and quickly idolized the 10-year-older NBA vet. Chamberlain and Kareem uh, would develop an intensely personal antipathy. So, yeah, man, it looks like they met at a, when Kareem was young and impressionable, didn't realize that Wilt had no heart and uh, no courage. And then once he finally found that out, <laughs> let him let him have it. Yeah, it's like the same like Shaq stuff with Dwight Howard. It's funny you mentioned that. The whole like looking through this more is like in the press, Will bashed Kareem, accusing him of not doing enough to help his teams win. He didn't score enough or rebound enough or play enough defense. When Kareem broke his record, he called for Jabbar's retirement, <laughs> which wouldn't come for another after for another five years. Um, but it does say Kareem certainly didn't take Will's criticism lying down. He called Chamberlain a traitor to the black race and slammed the support of the Republican Party, including of a support, including a support of Nixon in the 1970s. Um, mm. Kareem never quite understood Will's criticism and wrote that open letter to a man once he, he once called his idol. Wilt Chumperlame. Chumperlame, L-A-M-E? Oh, yeah. The one. Oh, he hit him with the double? The in double. a fucking autobiography. That just man. <laughs> When I write my autobiography, I'm just going to have an open letter to AB. <laughs> tearing you down. What a move. My man. <laughs> yeah. Man, that's crazy. It just sucks when old heads just rip on the people below them. Um, I mean, that's why everybody loves Allen Iverson. He's like the nicest dude in the world. And all he does is big up and show love to the younger kids. When you become a grumpy old man who just talks shit about those that are probably better than you, you're a hater and nobody likes you. And yeah. this is case in point, man. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Will Chamberlain. Will <laughs> Chamberlain. <laughs> yeah, and I, I knew that he didn't have a great reputation and a lot of people thought that he was just kind of a stat chaser and that's why he didn't win more in his career. But uh, I didn't realize that Kareem took it to this level. Um, we'll say that video last week that came out of Wilt's like highlights in like 4K color. I oh mean, man, those nice were sick. <laughs> Yo, old boy had a mean fadeaway. I, was, I don't know how they did that. Technology is very strong these days, my friend. It is. Um, but yeah, old boy had a nice little fadeaway. I did not know that he had that in his arsenal. I yeah, Wilt had like a little more sauce than I gave him credit for. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Doesn't matter that they were like six five whites. He was still he still had the moves down. He would he would have shook anybody with that shit. Yeah, you still need to have the touch to do a little fifteen foot fadeaway off the glass. Yes, so. absolutely. Um, um, I did see an interesting tidbit in this wiki that uh, I wanted to share with you, oh, yeah. and it's st still about Wilt. But these numbers just fucking blow my mind when they talk about like contracts or like what teams sold for back in the day. Um, so here, okay. So in, in the following 64, 65 NBA season, the Warriors got off to a terrible start. This is when they were the Philadelphia Warriors and ran into financial trouble at the 1965 all-star weekend. Chamberlain was traded to the Philadelphia 76ers. Oh no, I apologize. That was the SF Warriors. Uh, the new name of the relocated Syracuse nationals in return, the Warriors received Paul Newman, no relation to the actor, uh, Connie Deerking, Lee Schaefer, who offered who opted to retire rather than report to the Warriors, 
and 150 grand. Going to San Francisco. <laughs> yeah, and 150 grand, which is equal to about 1.2 mil today. Uh, yeah. When Chamberlain left the Warriors, owner Franklin Muley said, Chamberlain's not an easy man to love. The fans in San Francisco never really learned to love him. Wilt is easy to hate. People came to see him lose. <laughs> so you got your own home crowd booing your ass and showing up just to see you take an L. He That's just tough. Did not give a fuck. It sounds like, man. I wish. That's tough. I wish there's more footage about Will, man. Me too. <laughs> Getting his own yeah, team that's... booing him out of there like he's Kerry <laughs> Powers or something like that. Can you imagine if we just showed up to like a a, a 2008 Warriors game just to boo Andres Pedrins? Nothing else. Not even Andres nope. Pedrins because Chamberlain is fucking good. Like, imagine going True. to a game and just being Monte. like, "I'm gonna boo." I'm going to boo Monte until he gets thrown out of this place because I can't stand him. He ain't worth it. Nope. It's just like, well, this is some strong boos, too. If you're booing someone that's like the best player in the league. <laughs> yeah, they really are. It's crazy. Man, I'm just, uh, these numbers are just wrecking my brain. It says here in the 1962-63, no, like oh. money. In the 62-63 season, uh, owner of the Warriors, Gottlieb, sold the franchise for 850 grand. 850 grand, which is equal to about 7.2 million today. But back then, it was 850 Gs. And it just, like, why didn't more people have the foresight to fucking just go all in? I mean, Lord. What year was this, he said? 1963. Man, a lot of shit went down that year. A lot of shit went down in 63. <laughs> Sold the franchise for 850K to a group of businessmen led by Marty Simmons from SF, and the team relocated to San Francisco under a new coach, Bob Fierick. Man. Oh, this is another. This also meant that the team broke apart as Paul Arisen chose to retire rather than move away from his family and his job at IBM in Philadelphia. So Paul Arisen. Paul Arisen on the top 75. Quit his uh chose Paul Horizon for IBM <laughs> chose to quit retire from the National Basketball Association where he played for the Philadelphia Warriors. They said, Oh, we're moving uh, across the country to San Francisco. You want to come play with the best player in the league, Will Chamberlain? Uh, then I'd have to retire from IBM and give away my benefits. I think I'm uh, you know, you guys go ahead. I'll catch you on the flip side. I'll watch you guys on TV or hear you guys on the radio if I have to. I ain't going. That is fucking wild. wild. Holy shit. Yep. Move away from his family and his job at IBM. And Tom Gola was homesick, requesting a trade to the lowly New York Knicks halfway through the season rather than opting to play for the Warriors. (laughs) Dude, it was the Wild West back then. Imagine if, (laughs) imagine if like Aaron Gordon was just like, I don't want to be in Orlando. I miss home. Send me back to the Bay Area to play for the Warriors. Or I'll oh, quit. my God. Yeah. Actually, no, I, I don't want to move to uh, the relocated team in Oklahoma City. I'll have to give up my job at Disney. Uh, <laughs> at, at, I got to quit my job at Microsoft. <laughs> yeah. Like, what? Man. Wild time. 60s were crazy, my dude. Oh, man. Um, but, yeah. That's all I got. We'll see you guys in the next 25 years to the top 100. Um, <laughs> <I'm> yep. <kidding. laughs> um, but yeah, that'll wrap it up for today. Um, we'll talk to you next week. Hopefully the Warriors will be, what, 7-0 at that point. And we can continue the conversation about how great is this team. Um, mm-hmm. If not, we'll be giving you some recaps and updates no matter what. Um, yes, sir. Yeah. Matt, you want to take us home? Yeah. Um Again, shout out to everybody for listening. We appreciate it. All the suggestions, all the support. Thank you. Uh, yep, everybody's been awesome. And uh, yeah, man, we've got a nice seven-game homestand for the Dubs. So we play Memphis on Thursday, Oklahoma City again on Saturday. And then our main man, AB, is going to be in the building on Wednesday against our Charlotte Hornets. So let's. Uh, we got a revenge game coming up on Thursday. Memphis knocked us out of the play-in. So let's... Uh, or knocked us into the plan. So it'll be, it'll be good to, to get some revenge. So we'll pick back up then. 
And uh, thank you, everybody. Appreciate everybody listening.